welcome to the Aggieville Alleycats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazor. And welcome to the recap of the Troy game that, I mean, there's there's not, well, there's a lot to say. Well, we'll just, we'll just say that, and then we'll just start saying it. <laughs> we, the first thing to note is there were times in this game up against Troy where we didn't really play all of that well, but we still won by nearly 30 against a really solid team. So it is discouraging how things turned out a few times, especially, well, we'll talk a little bit more about it in the game day grade segment, because trust me, we have a lot to say there. But it is encouraging that nevertheless, despite the fact that we obviously didn't play our best game, it was still a pretty dominant victory. Yeah, um, there were definitely times in the game where it felt like we were in trouble, um, and it felt like that we were potentially getting outplayed, and uh, there were definitely times where it did not feel like we were going to win, and then uh, we still end up winning by 30, which I think says a lot about um, our expectations of the team and the quality of this team that they were able to still win by uh, 29 uh, in a game where I think we pretty universally agree that they did not play their best football. Yeah, and a lot of that just does kind of come down to Troy making a few ridiculous plays. Like, they had four one-in-a-million catches in the span of two drives, which all you can really say about that is that really is a shame. (laughs) That could have happened to anybody. It really could have happened to anybody, and it did. It happened to us multiple times. And uh, there's not there's not really much you can do about it whenever they're making those acrobatic catches because some of those, there's just no way to defend them. Yeah. Uh, um, one of them, I guess, was partially Willie uh, just losing in coverage. Uh, but still, a lot of those catches were, were not particularly uh, defensible. Um, so we saw Troy play... A handful of drives of what was probably their best football and they still only got 13 points so I guess that's kind of a bright side way of looking at it uh, there's definitely other ways of looking at it and I think we can probably get into some of those um, but all in all I, I can't really be too upset right now but I've been swinging I've been swinging back and forth a lot on how I felt about this game yeah and again, we'll talk a lot about that in the in the game day grade segment. But the other little bit of news is uh, KJ Keegan Johnson got his first collection of snaps after not playing in the first half. Played a little bit in the second half. Ended up getting three catches for 25 yards, including a very near touchdown. It was good to see him again. But I would honestly argue that he wasn't necessarily the breakout on this list. But again, game day grade mm-hmm. segment. Yeah, he, he was really good. Um, I thought uh, um, I was a little surprised to see him get in the game in the second half because he warmed up and then we didn't see him. So I I felt like we just weren't going to play him. And then he just showed up. And I'm happy that he played um, because I think we're going to need him next week. Uh, I think that he could really have a big breakout next week. I think he's gearing up for that because uh, he looks ready. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was pleased to see him and I felt like he, um, definitely had a lot more than he showed, uh, on, on a Saturday. It, it looks like he 
was capable of doing a lot more, and he already looked pretty good. Yeah, I agree. The last little bit before we get into game day grades is the re-entry policy still makes us both really, really sad because the beginning of the third quarter was bordering on pathetic in terms of west side attendance. Yeah, it was pretty bad um, per usual. Um, it felt worse than usual, though, I guess, in some ways. Um, but, yeah, I I still don't get it, really. I've never really been one to take advantage of that policy. I, I've never quite understood it myself. Uh, but I, I imagine at some point we'll be getting a decision on it. I know that uh, there are people much more plugged into that situation than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe nothing will ever change about it. But I am. It, it definitely really stinks for the team that they have to spend a lot of the third quarter uh, with a West Side Stadium that's barely half full. Uh, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't really get it at all. Uh, it's it's very annoying. Um, I, I don't know what else to say on this. It hasn't been said already, so I'll, I'll just let it be. Yeah, I think for now, this is not the hill to die on on a, on a winning episode. But before we get into the game day grade segment, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. And welcome back to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Going into the game day grade segment, recapping the Troy Trojans football game up against your Kansas State Wildcats. If you're unfamiliar with the game day grade segment, we go through every single position group, including coordinators, giving them a grade from A plus to F. A plus meaning they nearly single handedly won us the game, F meaning they near single handedly lost us the game. We didn't lose, so it's not, there are no F's this week. However, this week, we kind of mentioned it earlier, there's going to be a few grades that you know, fall below expectations, I think is the, the kindest way to put it. And there's one grade in particular that I, I think is a big cause for concern now. But the we always open with the man under center that is quarterback, in this case just Will Howard. He ended up having a 21 of 32 day, throw for 250. Three touchdowns, one pick, only sacked one time, which... I don't think we can put that on him, yeah. which that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, that's a different yeah. conversation. Yeah. And he added on the ground, uh, I think it was eight carries for like 33 yards, I think. Uh, you'd be correct. Eight carries, 33 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, so had a one of his better days rushing uh, in a while. We haven't really seen him be an effective runner uh, since 2021. So yeah. uh, he, he added that aspect uh, and looked fairly comfortable running the ball for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, which was really awesome to see. That being said, this wasn't, I think, Will's best performance, and I think if you asked him, he would say the same thing. There were a few throws that were really questionable. He ended up throwing a post route, which was really questionable, and a really, really, that could have really screwed the team over if they didn't rebound in the second half. It was a... Uh, tucked. It was a turnover in the red zone. It was a pick. Um, but outside of that, there were still a few missed decisions. I think Will is starting to feel himself maybe a little too much, where he's starting to maybe be a little too aggressive, have a little bit too much faith in himself, which I would rather have that than the inverse. But I ended up just giving the quarterback room a B plus for this week with uh, 
extenuating circumstances. Yeah, I give Will a B plus as well because in my mind there were really two throws that were truly stand out in my mind as really me not liking it. I might be forgetting some, but the pick, of course, was just a really bad read of the situation by Will. Uh, and then the uh, um, throw to Phil. Um, he had a throw to Phil that I think he really tried to force um, sometime after that pick. Uh, it was pretty soon after. And I think he was rushing a little. Uh, and that was a near interception as well. So those were two that really uh, took me aback. Um, but I I did see some people, I think, kind of maybe freaking out a little too much about it uh, online, which go figure. But he, uh, all in all, still looked really good. He looked really confident. Made one of the best uh, yeah. throws in K-State history. <laughs> yeah, the, his throw to Jaden Jackson uh, was just absolutely fantastic. Um, quite literally the only place that it could have been uh, catchable. For Jaden Jackson, it was a textbook perfect throw. Uh, Will also had pretty good command of the offense most of the day, I felt. Um, he helped. Uh, he was a big part of us getting that touchdown right at the end of the half to really um, get us a much better feeling going into the second half, uh, which if we go back and watch the tape there, that's a more difficult throw than I think it looks like in real time because mm-hmm. uh, there, there were multiple layers of the defense that he had to uh, get it past. So it was a really nice uh, throw from Will there. And, yeah, then, of course, that throw to Jaden uh, was huge. And uh, generally, he looked pretty comfortable throwing the ball. Just uh, it was a little bit ambitious on that pick. So a B-plus for the quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, that's a <laughs> great. I ended up giving Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. But... Next up is the running backs, who I just kind of felt they had a pretty pedestrian day. Again, extenuating circumstances. Um, Trishon Ward, 16 for 58, long at 20, no touchdowns uh, on the ground, at least. DJ, 12 for 52, no touchdowns on the ground, though. Trishon Ward did add a touchdown grab. Um, in parentheses, it was a forward toss, but... I felt that they had a all right day. Like I wasn't disappointed with them at all. Um, I just ended up giving them a straight B because they a lot of times they did the best with what they could, but it wasn't a lot that they did. Yeah, I gave them a B minus. Just I, I wasn't able to really be too happy with what they did outside of kind of the first drive and then the towards the very end of the game. They looked pretty good, but everything in between uh, was either pedestrian to below average, I thought. Uh, they um, A lot of that, I guess, was on the offensive line um, for kind of struggling, but uh, still we didn't see a ton from Treshawn and DJ and uh, situations like that where you'd like for them to really go out there and be playmakers and figure it out, uh, but... They weren't able to take advantage of some of those bad situations, um, so I can't give them a much higher grade than a B minus. Uh, they still had points in the game where they looked good. Treshawn had a couple of really encouraging runs. I think we're gonna be fine at running back. Yeah. I'm not really worried about the position at all long term, um, but I still uh, 
didn't really leave with a great feeling about the running game for the most part. So I can't give them better than a B minus. Yeah. The receiving room was actually a pretty solid bright spot. Um, Philip Brooks going for 794 with a receiving touchdown as well as a rushing touchdown. Jay Jack, Jaden Jackson, four for 77 with a touchdown. RJ, three for 31. KJ, three for 25. So all in all, you know, the, you get your top four guys. I think they had a pretty solid performance with the exception of RJ. I think RJ kind of underperformed this week after a really good performance last week. But, you know, sometimes you just get schemed out, not by your own team, but by the other team. And I think that's sort of what happened with RJ. I think they established that, okay, we're going to try and eliminate him and Ben Sinnott. So I, I ended up giving them a B plus, especially Phil. Phil had a great game after, you know, a, a little bit of apprehension in certain parts of the fan base about, well, mostly, it's mostly him on punt return, which still exists because he does kind of look scary whenever he's catching the punts. But I gave them a B plus. I went with an A for the receivers. I really liked what I saw from them. Uh, Phil looked really comfortable um, as a receiver, and he was uh, – making better catches, I think, than what I've been used to with him. Mm. Uh, Jaden Jackson, of course, had the highlight catch and then the first touchdown uh, for the second week in a row. Uh, so Jaden Jackson, he's really been coming onto the scene this year. I've been really, really happy with him. Um, and then, yeah, RJ was a little underwhelming. Still had a few nice moments, but uh, definitely wanted more from him. Uh, but then seeing Keegan Johnson, um, it was clear why there was so much hype around him. Uh, this offseason, his route running looked really, really good when he was in the game, uh, and he nearly scored. He and RJ had almost identical near touchdowns, hmm. uh, just in how close they got and uh, like how they looked at the end. Uh, so, Keegan, I'm hoping that he has a huge week next week. I'd love for him to have a 100-yard day next week. Uh, I was... Overall, though, really pleased with the receiver play. Um, I was happy to see Jaden, or not Jaden, uh, Jace Brown uh, get on the field towards the end of the game. He had uh, several uh, consecutive snaps and uh, was brought in motion a couple of times as well. Uh, so I was happy to see him. We saw some Xavier Lloyd and some Seth Porter as well, although they didn't record stats. All in all, I was really happy with the receiver room and how they played. They were sure-handed. Uh, I, I really don't have many complaints at all, other than, of course, you would never complain about more production, because yeah. you never would. So I'll give him an A. Yeah. Tight ends fullbacks. This one's really easy. I gave them a C, because they didn't really do all that much. Ben Sinnott's blocking has gotten notably worse, but C. Yeah, I gave him a C as well, for pretty similar reasons. I almost gave him a C- minus because of Ben Sinnott really, at times, struggling with blocking. I know PFS seemed to like his run blocking. I vehemently I, disagree. I disagree yeah, There were multiple run plays where it seemed like he just really missed his assignment uh, or just wasn't like locking onto his assignment very well. So I gave them a C. I just was not really enthused at all. Um, I get that Benson was being bracketed, um, but if he's going to be an NFL tight end, then that's what he's going to have to deal with at this level. And so I'm hoping to see more from him. Uh, in the coming weeks, especially with the emergence of guys like Phil and Jaden uh, and Keegan Johnson coming back, we should be able to see more of Ben Sennett because uh, you, know, you can't bracket everybody. So, 
when you can, you're just not going to have anyone pass rushing. Yeah, so I, I, you, you can bracket everybody. <laughs> that, they would be very stupid to do that. I'll put it like that. Yeah. All right, here's the big one, the offensive line. Uh, let me preface this by saying my issue is, well, Connor, you said it earlier, so I, I just agreed with it. I'll let you say what you said about the left side of the line, or at least the projected left side of the line. Yeah, well, left tackle and our normal left guard, KT and Cooper Beebe, I really don't think there's any sort of issue there at all. I have no issues with Cooper Beebe. I have no issues with KT Leviston. And even on the right side, I'm not really upset with Hadley Panzer either. Because I think Panzer's taken a step forward this year and been getting a bit more active, I think, on the offensive line. But I think it's very apparent that we badly need Christian Duffy back uh, on the right side of the offensive line. Uh, We were very graceful, I think, last week. Uh, but this week, it is pretty obvious that we badly need Christian Duffy back uh, at right tackle. Um, I think that it could, I think any possession without BB or Duffy at right tackle is more than likely going to be disastrous based off of what we have watched the last couple of weeks. I don't relish saying that, but it it has become obvious that the current options at right tackle are not the greatest. Yeah. And uh, we need to hopefully have Duffy back so we can get back to our normal uh, rotation um, at right tackle. There are still people I want to see more of, like Taylor Poitier and Andrew Langang. I'd like to see some John Pastore. We haven't seen him yet. And maybe there's a few others that can work their way in. But... I was not particularly pleased with how the offensive line played, which really sucks because I normally hate blaming the offensive line because like it's a knee-jerk reaction for most teams to just say it's always the line's fault. But uh, it, yeah. It's not a knee-jerk reaction. It's just what happened. Yeah, this isn't. So it, it was a uh, really unfortunate performance for them. Uh, especially in the uh, first half and parts of the third quarter. Um, Just not good. Not up to the standard that's been set, I think, based off of a lot of what we saw last year. We're just not getting the push in the run game at all. Uh, I don't know what's happened on that front that has completely changed um, the level of push we're getting. Uh, But it's night and day from what we've come to expect. And pass protection has struggled as well. A lot of times we've seen Will moving a lot more in the pocket and having to roll out a lot more. And we've also seen the effect that that's taken on him where he's now not 100% sure blitzes are going to get picked up. And he he no longer is completely confident in that, so that's causing him to roll out early at times. That does While that is something that Will needs to figure out on his own, that also is partially an offensive line issue where you have to be able to have the confidence of your quarterback that you are going to pick up the blitzes and that your quarterback's going to be protected. Uh, But that was not it this week. Uh, And, you know, Troy did play really well. had a really good scheme against our offensive line, but we need to expect more, I think, from the linemen, especially when we get to Big 12 play uh, because the... They're going to get eaten alive in Big 12 play if this continues. 
Luckily, I do believe in Connor Riley. I, I do think that he can right the ship there. Duffy is coming back very soon. So it, things are looking up in the near future for the offensive line. But specifically for the Troy game, it was not good. I gave them a D plus. Yeah, I think the biggest issue that I had was just like there was... I'll talk about the big one in a second. But it just seemed like the entire offensive line just wasn't really themselves this game. You know, Cooper Beebe's good. Cooper Beebe will always be good. KT was fine. Panzer made steps. It's it's Gillian Carver. It's Hayden Gillum and it's Carver Willis. And I'll give you a hint. Carver was the one who had the worst game of the two. And I don't like dogpiling on a guy when he's down. I really don't. But it has been made abundantly clear that Carver is a liability at right tackle. He can't play there. He can't. I it it this it actively dissuades the team's success and you can't have that, especially in pass protection. You wonder why Will's so jumpy and why he immediately started rolling out to his right. It's because Carver was immediately getting just absolutely decimated and that was the only angle that Will had to escape. But other than that, just the offensive line doesn't seem to have that same push that they had last year. And you combine that with a few missed blocking assignments. Sometimes you have a lineman who's just a little bit too slow and is running maybe five yards behind the play, um, which that happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. But it is hard for me to truly say how disappointing the performance from the offensive line was and how in, if this was a different game against a team that was more inclined to score on offense than Troy... This very well could, like, this was a performance that I could consider, if not for the fourth quarter, an F performance. I reserve, like, we tend to reserve those for games that we lose. But I I couldn't give them anything above a D- minus because it was just not a good performance against a team that was made up of a tree at defensive tackle, which granted... Trees are not easy to move, so I understand that. But their edge players had, like, two moves, both of which were going to the outside. KT handled it just fine. And it's just the right tackle spot before we move Cooper BB over there couldn't hand up. It couldn't stay up to it. And it was the same move every time. If it was a different move and they got caught setting up, you know, for something else, I'd understand. Sometimes you just lose. When you lose to the same move three reps in a row and single-handedly nuke a drive from orbit, you can't have that. You can't play. It's that simple. You cannot play if you're doing that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, especially because it was noticeable. Uh, when it becomes obvious uh, to most of the people watching the game where the issue is coming from uh, on the offensive line, you know it's gotten bad. Yeah. And it was very noticeable <clears throat> once uh, the lineup was reshuffled, but it was a bad, 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 bad day at right tackle um, after a not-so-great day against uh, Southeast Missouri last week. Uh, it was just even worse this week uh, for Carver. Uh, which is unfortunate. I was really hoping for a big uh, step 
this week a huge jump um, after a week of experience, but that just did not happen the way that we were hoping. Um, at this point, I imagine it's very doubtful we see him again at right tackle this yeah. year because I think he's been given his chances. I It probably is looking pretty bleak for him now uh, for his future at right tackle, uh, but I guess we'll see. Um, maybe if we do well next week, he can get some snaps at times, but uh, it remains to be seen. But BB is probably the answer at right tackle if Duffy's not ready, but it sounds like Duffy might be ready. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he is. Yep. So now moving to the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive line. This is like the complete inverse of the offensive line, where I honestly would say the defensive line sort of you know, outplayed my expectations, which are already pretty high for them. Uso is still just a beautiful just specimen whenever you get to see him play because he shouldn't move, be able to move the way he does and still eat the blocks that he does. And then, of course, Khalid Duke with uh, the two-sack, three-TFL performance. Nate Matlick registering a sack as well. Um, Cody Stuffelbean getting some contributions. And argue, like you could make a convincing argument that you know Brendan Mott is making a legitimate argument for like getting like just based off the first two performances you you can make a pretty decent argument that he's making a push for at least Big 12 honorable mention. I expect him to cool off, but if he doesn't, that'd be really cool. But I there's no reason why I I I couldn't find a reason not to give the D-line an A+. Yeah, I gave them an A+ too. They were awesome. Khalid Duke uh had two sacks. Um, one of which um, you have to give a um, huge shout out to Tobios and Sami uh, for lining up on the edge and crashing in on a, I think, I don't remember exactly what that uh, type of pass rush is called, a twist maybe. And uh, it was uh, um, just really well executed by Toby. I mean, uh, stuff like that, you just kind of have to take one for the team. You don't really get noticed for it. Um, but I, I see you, Toby. Don't worry. Uh, but, we will not stand yeah. for Toby Erasure. Yeah, but. Um, Khalid Duke is definitely looking like his old self right now at a um, defensive end. i really, really liking what we're seeing from him. Nate Matlick got a sack as well. Um, uh, kind of a unheralded assist to Will Lee as well there, who mm-hmm. kind of broke the edge there first um, and had the play last long enough. Uh, but um, Khalid Duke, he still gets another TFL as well. Uh, Brendan Mott did not register... Uh, a sack, but he did have a forced fumble at the end of the first half, which was effectively a sack and uh, how it worked. Um, but like those uh, Felix fumbles um, a couple of uh, uh, years ago um, that he forced against TCU when he should have had six sacks in a game, uh, the ball went beyond the line of scrimmage, so wasn't a sack for some reason. But defensive line was awesome. I was really happy with all the nose tackles that we saw as well. Uh, I thought everybody looked really good. I uh, liked the rotation that we had with uh, Uso, Damian, and Javon. It seemed like everybody kind of had a clear-cut role. And defensive end, um, everybody looked good. And Cody Suffelbean didn't register a stat, but he definitely belonged out there. And so I was very happy to see that. All in all, yeah, A-plus day for the defensive line. Yep. Linebackers, similarly, I, I gave them an, an A. Uh, even though Daniel Green's kind of... Like he hasn't he hasn't had a bad day, but he, you know he he's obviously still kind of getting up to speed a little bit. 
But Austin Moore, Des Purnell, Daniel Green, uh, you can throw in Toby Osinsonmi there for uh, bonus points as well, and a little bit to Asa Newsom as well. But they also had a really good day. I, again, I Austin Moore simply refuses to be in the incorrect location at any point during the game, and it's honestly getting scary at this point because it's not human to be able to do that. But like they had a pretty solid game. If it wasn't for the one long run where they all got sucked up a little bit too much against, uh, it was Vidal's longest run on the day. They all got sucked up just a little too much. Uh, Austin Moore was on the backside of the play, if I'm remembering correctly, so there wasn't a whole lot he could do. But that's the only thing keeping them from an A+, in my mind. So I gave them an A. I gave them an A as well, because um, they just, I think you put it well, they didn't quite earn that A+, plus, but they were very close. If it wasn't for that singular play, uh, really, that would have done it. Um, they were great. Tobios and Sami had that huge uh, sack, uh, strip sack at the very end of the game. I was hoping Uso would pick it up and run with it. And if you look back at the tape, he falls on it and realizes afterwards that he definitely should have ran. Uh, and he looked pretty disappointed because he's never going to get that chance again. Uh, until we hand it to him. Until we hand it to him, which I, I really hope so. Knock on wood. That'd be really uh, funny. But yeah, Austin Moore, he's just the he's just a... a a unit on fourth and short he just is always exactly in the right spot on fourth and short uh even going back to last year like the texas tech game i know he had like at least one stop uh, a huge uh fourth and short stop um desmond purnell has looked really good as well he had a pass breakup um austin romaine uh he's rotating in and getting valuable experience with uh jake clifton out right now um, and then Asa Newsom, he looked really good in pass coverage mm-hmm. uh, as a true freshman. He he was sticking to guys like glue, uh, forced a few throwaways on what would have routinely been easy uh, easy completions. So yeah, they get an A. They were awesome. Uh, the linebacker room has just kind of done a 180 in terms of uh, depth. Um, I'm really happy with where this room is at right now. Uh, so easy A for them. Yeah. Now I feel like this is the one where we may get the most pushback, and that's the defensive backs. I want to provide a little bit of context here that uh, Gunnar Watson, the Troy quarterback, went 17 of 32 with 167, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, So just barely above 50% completion percentage. And if you take out the five one-in-a-million catches, he ends up sub-50. I feel like that's important context. But with that being said, I'd say the defensive backs had an above-average day. The cornerbacks had a really good day because Will Lee only got beat once. And even then, it was another one-in-a-million catch situation. But it was really the safeties that didn't have the greatest day. Siegel was fine. Uh, VJ got beat on a crossing route. Kobe had arguably, honestly, probably his worst game in a K-State uniform. Which, sometimes you have off days, which, you know, oh well. I ended up giving them a B plus because they still held a team that really loves passing the ball under 200 yards, still picked them off, and a lot of the catches were just like one in a million sports center catches, which really all you can do is laugh when you see it happen. Um, but I get why people would be concerned about 
you know, them about Troy getting separation some of the times they did and the catches they made. Eh, I'm okay with it. I ended up giving them a B plus. If it was just corners and then safeties, it'd probably bounce out to A and then just flat B. Yeah, I'm giving them an A minus. Uh, I, I again like you, I was really happy with the corners. Uh, Will Lee was great getting his first pick uh, in a K State uniform. Uh, Jacob Parrish was awesome in this game. He's credited with two pass breakups. I think he, I could have sworn he had at least three. Yeah. Uh, that just I think maybe they're only counting if you physically get your hand on the ball uh, for the breakup. Uh, but Parrish was awesome. Keenan Garber got beat once, uh, and again it was another one in a million catch uh, from I think their tight end. It was and, their tight end. Yeah, and his hand was in almost the right spot, it was just a little bit off. And so again, that's another thing where you know it's just you just get unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Justice James got like ran over. Uh, randomly at the end of the game, <laughs> which it should have been offensive pass interference, but nobody saw it happen. So did the tree really fall? Um, <laughs> and but the corners were awesome. Yeah, like you said, the safeties though did leave something to be desired. Uh, I agree with you about Kobe. Um, definitely not his best game as a Wildcat, um, but um, VJ was okay. He was pretty good in run support. And uh, um, then I liked uh, what we saw from Siegel. Uh, he had a an early impact play with that tackle on the screen pass. Pretty, I think it was on the first drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so liked what we saw from him. Uh, and then we saw some Jack Faber. We we saw a little bit of uh, Colby McAllister as well. And uh, I I was pretty happy with the defensive backs, all things considered. So yeah, we only gave up. I think it was just over two hundred yards total. Um, to them, and a lot of those were garbage time, and a lot of those were just absolutely nuts catches that we probably wouldn't have been able to defend with perfect coverage. Yeah. So I am not going to get too worked up about it. It felt a lot worse during the game than it actually was upon yeah. reflection. So an A minus for the defensive backs. Uh, the defense has continued to be very impressive this year. Yeah. Now the offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. Now, I'm going to begin this with a a little humorous anecdote. There was a a good two or three drives, and Connor can confirm this, where even before a play would happen, I would tell Connor and our friend who was sitting next to us that the play wasn't going to work. And I was saying that independent of the talent lined up on the field, and there was one time where I straight up didn't even get to finish the sentence before the play happened, and it failed. And Connor had a good laugh about it. <laughs> but it, I, Con wasn't really in his bag today. He didn't have a bad game. I just think he had an okay one. You know, the third quarter play calling was really tough. I, <sighs> I just ended up giving him a C because, to me, he had a, a fine game, but not one that was particularly inspiring in any way. I was a bit more generous on that. This maybe ends up being our biggest disparity of the day. It's not by a ton still, but I gave him a B minus. Um, my again, I don't think he was super inspiring, like you said. My main uh, contention for him getting just above that C level. Uh, that was not intended to be a pun. Uh, he, uh, when it mattered, 
I felt like the play calling was really, really crisp. Uh, so that last drive just before halftime, uh, it seemed like everything was really clicking there. Um, when On that second to last or maybe final touchdown drive, when we were really gla- uh, really grinding clock, uh, when we, I think we opened that drive up with the Jaden Jackson pass. That, uh, pardon my maple. Um, yeah, the the ma- maple's trying to get her uh, guest appearance here. Yeah, but um, on that drive, uh, it, he was dialing up just the perfect run call for every defense that we saw. Uh, I I was a really big fan of some of the stuff that he was doing there. And it did kind of feel at times, we kind of talked about this independent of the show, um, but it kind of felt like non-conference last year where it felt like he was definitely trying to hide a lot of what he wants to do and maybe try and throw out some fake tendencies. And uh, um, But it did feel like when push came to shove, he was making the right calls and doing exactly what he needed to do. But he didn't do that the entire game. So I still can't give him uh, a much high, a much higher grade for benefit of the doubt. And again, maybe I'm just uh, trying to come up with internal justifications for why the offense didn't drop 60 on Troy or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but all in all, um, I didn't walk away livid or upset or anything or even whelmed uh with colin klein i I walked away just knowing it wasn't his best game but feeling like this wasn't going to be indicative of what we'll see most of the year from him so i gave him a b minus for that reason yeah that's fair i I just i'm sorry i still think it's funny that i just didn't even get the sentence (laughs) off (laughs) no yeah it it was really unfortunate that it it panned out that way for you but (laughs) sometimes things are just written in the stars and you 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 had to be cursed to know what the run fits were (laughs) and no it wasn't gonna work uh speaking of run fits uh on the defensive side of the ball joe klanderman had a really really good day outside of the first few like honestly a lot of the times that like the safety seemed to be out of position that's just what the the coverage call was and there just wasn't anyone there which again shame most of defensive play calling is guessing anyway but when it mattered clamp down only give up 13 points i i give him an a yep i give him an a as well um very similar to climb except he was much more consistent throughout the game uh really didn't have many bad drives uh I, I can't really point to a single drive where I'd say he was objectively bad or not good in this drive. A lot of it just came down to, like you said, sometimes you just lose when you're the DC. Sometimes you just call the wrong play or the wrong coverage, and uh, it just doesn't go the way that you think it would. Um, but I felt like all in all the defense was really well prepared and yeah, of course, a few times we got beat. There's very little as a defensive coordinator you can do to defend a Sports Center top ten catch. You know, there's not much you can do on that front to prepare for that. So I'm giving Klanderman an A. Um, he's continued to be very impressive this year, and I, he's really been a really, really solid, consistent uh, uh, coordinator the, over the last season and two games. Yeah. So that's game day grades. Now we get into MVPs. We pick one for each side of the ball. I don't think that we're going to have a lot of disagreement here when 
my offensive pick is Will Howard, and my defensive pick is Khalid Duke. Yeah. Um, offensive, I don't think there's really any argument for anyone else other than an outside shot for Phillip Brooks, yeah. just because he had two touchdowns. But I still think Will's a guy offensively. Defense, I do think, is a little closer. Um, I think you can make a really convincing argument for Willie. Mm-hmm. And I nearly picked him, but I did go with Duke just because of how dominant he was off the edge. And a multi-sack day is just that's just really hard to do. So I had to go with Khalid Duke for my defensive MVP. Although Willie, he was very, very, very close. Yeah, uh, if, he, if, he, if he hadn't gotten uh burnt that one time and it hadn't become a touchdown then it probably is will be if i'm being honest yeah probably so now we can get into the final segment which is the takeaways first and foremost yeah the offensive line still continues to be a worry for me um what's up maple oh she brought her cat toy in that's fine but offensive line still continues to be a worry for me until we get christian duffy back I don't want to hear a single person complain about Christian Duffy the moment he gets back, unless he's actually bad. Because I know people have complained about Christian Duffy being like unremarkable, and we ourselves have had our have had our fun with the you know the Duffy moments. But at least you only get one Duffy moment per game, and then he's unnoticeable. But I I'm if Duffy isn't back, I am concerned. Yeah, I, I think if Duffy's not back, the play is definitely one of those two combinations we saw towards the end of the game where you kick BB out to right and then uh, either have a Panzer-Poitier combination at guard or a Langang-Panzer combination at guard. I'm okay with either of those, I think. Uh, but yeah, I am definitely a little worried about the offensive line uh, going forward. Uh Definitely not an inspiring performance um, against Troy. Um, I get that Troy is a pretty solid team. They're on a 12-game win streak, but they're still a group of five. This is a game where we should have dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, similar stuff happened against Tulane last year, uh, so maybe we just uh, really struggle with uh, uh, defensive lines from the south. I don't know. Yeah, G5 <laughs> defensive lines from the south. Yeah, maybe we're just never going to get over that hump. But... All in all, uh, Duffy coming back should alleviate some of the concerns. Or even Pastore coming back. Yeah, Pastore, I'd be interested to see what he can do. Um, We've heard a lot of good things about him, but again, we also heard a lot of good stuff about Willis. So, TBD. But we'll see with the offensive line. Yeah. Next up is Will is very aggressive. And we kind of talked about this earlier. I'm not going to say I dislike it. I think it's actually kind of cool that we have a a quarterback who's willing to push the issue a little bit. I'd, I'll ask him to relax a little bit, um, but, you know, hey, if he's willing to test those windows, eventually he's going to be right. And, well, even in this game, eventually he was right. So, Yeah, it's really tough for me to sit here and complain about a quarterback being too aggressive, especially when we're winning by the margin that we are. Yeah. Um, he... I think you put it well. He's testing what he can get away with right now. And uh, he he's figuring that out. There's going to be some things where he's like, okay, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But there also is with stuff like the Jaden Jackson catch where now he can look at that and say, I can make that throw uh, when there's no safety help behind. Like, I just need to drop that in the bucket. That's a throw I'm capable of doing. And 
I, I, I think it's good to take those chances early uh, when it isn't backbreaking. This isn't the sort of thing I'd really like him to do against Texas, for example. No, I wouldn't uh, actually. Uh, but I, I, I'm definitely. We said it earlier, so I'll reiterate. Uh, overly aggressive, Will Howard is much better than the alternative, uh, which we have seen before. So we much prefer this version. Yeah. And second to last is the defensive line concerns towards the beginning of this year were massively overplayed. I. We're fine. <laughs> We're chilling. Yeah, defensive line's been so good so far. And I, it feels like a unit that's just going to continue to get better, um, especially if guys like Nate Matlick are going to really become factors. And if a guy like Cody Stuffelbean is going to continue to quietly do his job and do it right every single time. Uh, and if we can rotate three guys at nose tackle and feel good about all of them, uh, if we can continue to do that level of a uh, rotation and be this good and uh, kind of rotate as we please um, on that defensive front and get guys in when we want and get them rests when we want, I- I'm very excited about this defensive line. Yeah, I am too. Last but certainly not least, the run defense at this point, I think we can go ahead and call it elite up to this point. Hopefully, you know, it remains that way. Um but just the combination of the linebackers playing so instinctually and the defensive line just being so willing to do their jobs but still be able to pin their ears back on pass rushdowns. Like, the run defense is honestly elite up to this point. Yeah, the run defense has really only allowed a single good rushing play. And uh, we talked about it a little earlier is that 46-yard run from uh, Kamani Vidal. And that single run amounted for well over half of the rushing yardage that we've allowed all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that single run is not going to leave me worried whatsoever. Um, very, very happy with the run defense uh, so far. A lot of that comes back to the defensive line and linebacking rooms just being so deep and being able to play multiple guys and feel comfortable with them. So if we can continue to heavy knock on wood, stay healthy in the uh, front six, I guess, then uh, I'm going to be pretty bullish uh, on the uh, run defense for the rest of this year. Yeah. And also you can throw in a a minor shout-out to uh, VJ and Siegel. Yes. They're both very good run defense, too. Yeah, they've been really good containing the outside, Uh, especially Siegel. It feels like he's going to, in the run defense department, kind of take up a Josh Hayes role of being the guy that is... Comes downhill. Yeah, yeah he's going to be our downhill run defender on the edge. I Hopefully, Siegel can make some similar plays against Missouri that Josh Hayes made last year, because he had some uh, really good run defense plays. Yeah, he did. It was beautiful to watch. Which, speaking of, that's the next week, which is a game very near and dear to my heart, and a game that Connor and I will both be attending in Columbia, Missouri. That is the matchup against the Missouri Tigers. So be ready to hear our preview about that because they are an interesting team, I would say. Yeah, they've definitely had some interesting results. They have a interesting coach. Oh, God. And some of their players are interesting even. And I've never been to Columbia. I've never been to a Mizzou football game before, so can I get to experience a a new game day atmosphere, which I am excited for. I always like seeing new football stadiums. 
Uh, I am really looking forward to it. It's going to be a big game. It's going to tell us a lot about K-State. Uh, it might tell us a lot about the future of who's coaching Mizzou. So, I, either way, this might be a win-win for you, Ace. Oh, it'll be uh, a win-win. So. It'll be a win-win for me if Drink gets mm-hmm. fired afterwards. It would, that would be the that'd be the best birthday present I could ask for. But for now, thank you all. Actually, do you have any have any final notes? I do not. I have none. All right. Well, if that's the case, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow or contact us, we are Aggieville A-Cats on just about everything. If you want to email us, we are AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us more personally, I am at ACEdwards00. And I am at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can find such wonderful designs as Established Alley Cats or the classic Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.